0: Would you turn this evening, please, to uh, 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, 1 Corinthians 9. We'll continue in the word this evening on the subject that we've been on for some weeks now. In uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27, 1 Corinthians 9, well, excuse me. Excuse me, back up to six. We read six, then we read nine, like we have done before. Let's pray before we read this. Father, we thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, our helper, our guide. We look to him and yield to him this evening, believing you for utterance, full and precise and complete, Leaving you for everybody to have ears to hear and eyes that see and heart that's open and receptive, thank you for making us strong in our inner man to reach up and to represent you fully and the best and the highest and to reach and enjoy the best and highest that you have for us. In Jesus name. Amen praise God First Corinthians 6 are you there First Corinthians 619 he said, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. You know, really, this building is not the temple of God, right? In the strictest sense, it is not the house where God lives. It's his place, but it's not the house where he indwells. Remember, he told them even when they were talking about building the, the tabernacle and then building the, uh, the temple that God doesn't dwell in buildings made with men's hands. Amen. Where does he dwell, though? He dwells in the temple that is made up of living stones. Yes. Amen. Amen. They know he used to sing the old song, Working on a Building. And God is working on a building. And every time you see somebody's not saved, you're to think, building materials. (laughs) (laughs) Building materials. Because when the last living stone is sealed into place by the Holy Spirit, and it's done, then he's coming back. Amen. 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 So uh, all of us make up the building, the temple that God indwells, and then also Individually. God dwells in our body because our spirit is in our body and he's in our spirit. Amen. Then therefore our body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. So would it be more important to take care of this church building or to take care of this building? Which should have the greater priority? Huh? Would it be more important, should you spend more time cleaning your house, painting your house, decorating your house, than taking care of this body? Which should have the greater priority? The body. body. Right? We ought to take care of this place. The Lord's given it to us. We appreciate it. But we ought to take care of this body first and foremost. Above that. You only got one of these. Huh? Huh? How many thank God for your body? Yes. That was weak on some people's behavior. You're like, I guess. If you didn't have this body, you would not be here tonight. You would not be on the earth. This is what gives you a legal right to be here. To be involved in things on the earth. Amen. Be thankful for your body. Don't ever say anything like I hate my body. I'm saying, well, I do. Well, no. It, maybe it's the condition of the body you don't like. But there's not that much difference between your body and the bodies of the people on the silver screen or the uh, magazine cover. I said, oh, now I know you're messed up, Brother Keith. You, <laughs> you better have your eyes checked. No. Nobody's got anything new since Adam and Eve. But I tell you what is different. Now, are you listening to me? I tell you what is hugely different. A lot of those people on the silver screen, on the movie screen, on the magazine cover, they have come to believe they are beautiful. Did you hear me? They have come to believe. That they are handsome, that they are attractive, or that they are beautiful. And they treat theirself that way. Yes. And they take care of theirself in different ways. Yeah. Whereas other people take for granted their bodies. They, people talk about drug abuse, alcohol abuse, gluttony. It's not food abuse. It's not alcohol abuse. It's body abuse. Yeah. And it's a failure to appreciate what you have. It's one reason that teenagers and adults make so many mistakes by getting into immorality and sexually involved with people. And they're not married to. Why? One big reason is they don't value their body enough. They don't really, they think, well, what's the big deal? You know, sex is sex and we all have desires. It is a big deal. The Bible talks about knowing how to keep your body. Amen, go to First Thessalonians and read about that just a minute. Hold your place in Corinthians. we hadn't got to the ninth chapter, but First Thessalonians. The fourth chapter. Are you there? First Thessalonians. four. Verse three. First Thessalonians four three, this is the will of God. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to what? Possess, Possess his vessel, his vessel about your body, in sanctification and honor. See when you, you get involved, somebody get a man gets involved with a prostitute. A woman gets involved with her neighbor's husband. Teenagers get involved with each other. They are dishonoring their bodies. Now I know this this is even a foreign concept to a lot of people because they've just been fed TV and movies instead of the Bible. They don't even think right about these things. But your body is a precious thing. Amen? And you're not to just jump in bed with anybody you see. It's a defilement of yourself. It's treating your body as being cheap and wor- and wor- not worth much. Your body is precious. It's been bought with a price. Yeah. A high price. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I have desires. I understand that. But God has a solution. Yeah. He has a right person for you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And at the right time and the right place, those desires can be satisfied and fulfilled. But we are not to be governed by our desires. Did you hear me? Said out loud, my desires do not govern me. They don't control me. My desires don't dictate to me what I am. You see, people are confused about this concerning uh, adultery, concerning fornication, concerning uh, lesbianism, concerning homosexuality. Someone says, "Well, you know, I I'm a man, but I f- physically and sexually I desire a man, so that's that's what I am." Well, that's just like a man saying, "You know, there there are numerous people that desire children." Did you hear me? If you apply the same logic, then you just say, well, I'm a pedophile. That's what I am. There are people that desire perversions. Are we supposed to just say, this is what I desire, so this is what I am? No, no. no. Huh? No, no. I, I'm a married man, but I desire another man's wife. I'm an adulterer. That's what I am. No. I said no. Amen. Our desires do not determine what we are. We can control our desires. Amen. We can possess our bodies. And control our bodies. And and handle our bodies in sanctification and honor. Amen. I've had men tell me. I know a guy I went to school with years ago. He was on his third marriage. And simple reason. Because every time he saw a good looking woman. That would go to bed with him. There he went. And he had, he had had an affair with this woman. And now this wife number three is ready to leave him. I can't blame her. You don't have to put up with that. I said, you don't have to put up with that. I'm going to say that one more time real slow. Somebody said, well, my husband won't keep sleeping with other women. You don't have to put up with that. Now, if the Lord deals with you and you're gracious and you want to give him another chance, okay. But you do not have to put up with that indefinitely. Well, my wife won't keep sleeping with other men. You don't have to put up with that. That's right. Did you hear me? Yes. Now, you do what the Lord leads you to do, but you, the Lord doesn't expect you or require you to put up with that. Y'all are quiet. Yeah. Amen. Study your Bible. See what the Bible says about it. Does the Bible say anything about that? The Bible makes an exception on that. He says, you know, uh, what God has joined together, don't let man separate or put asunder. And a man is not to put away his wife. What did it say? Made an exception. What? Except for fornication. See, the Lord didn't expect you. That doesn't mean that you can't forgive somebody and go on. But the Lord doesn't require you to put up with that. And so he was telling me, he said, but Brother Keith, no, he didn't say Brother Keith. He said, he said, Keith, he said, he and I went to school years ago. He said, "Uh, you saw the woman. She's gorgeous. Are you telling me if you had the chance, you wouldn't go out with her? I said, no, I wouldn't. He said, well, you're not a real man then. (laughs) So this is how the world thinks. This is how I think this. I believe this is, I got this thinking from God, from the word. I don't feel bad that I wouldn't run after somebody. Even if my flesh desired somebody, I don't want to think that I'm such a weak man that I can't control my flesh, that I can't control my desires. I got the greater one inside me. And no matter how much my flesh or my eyes might want to go after something, I've got strength inside me. I can be a strong man of God. Amen. And control myself. Is that right? You can be a strong man of God or woman of God. Can't you? You can resist temptation. Not destroy your relationship. Not not hurt your kids. Not destroy your family. Not ruin your reputation. Right? So what did he say? This is the will of God. What's the will of God? Your sanctification, your separation and your holiness, that you should abstain from fornication. How many understand by the word? You know what fornication is, don't you? That's having sex with somebody you're not married to. Is it okay? No. Is it ever okay? No. Huh? No. That's not okay. I don't care what the world says. The world is trying to tell us, inundating us with this through the TV and articles, that it's natural. It's okay. It is not okay. I mean, understand, it's not okay. You can't be a Christian and believe the Bible and believe all that stuff. No. He said, abstain from it. Stay out of it. That every one of you should know how to possess His vessel, his body, in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence. That's passion and lust. Even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. holiness. What's he talking about God is the avenger? Of people? Who have affairs with their neighbors and their brothers and co-workers, spouses, and, and split up families, you'll be judged for that kind of thing. Because it causes terrible pain. Doesn't it? People betrayed and laying and crying in the nighttime and hurting and, and children wind up without a daddy or a mama. This is pain. This is some of the worst pain that there is in the earth. And that's why the Lord says, don't do it. Not just because he wants to spoil you, fun, but because the wages of sin is death. It hurts people. It kills things. Right? So, say it out loud again. I'm in control of my own desires. My desires don't define me. My identification. Is in Christ. In Christ. That's, who I am. that's who I am. That's what I am. That's what I am. Amen. Says, that's got nothing to do with how you feel. Amen. No. Even the most holy, saint of God, man or woman, has found feelings or desires or thoughts that were not right and good. But you haven't sinned just because you were tempted. Amen. Did you hear me? It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. In all points, just like us. What's the difference? Didn't give in to it. Right? Didn't yield to the temptation. Therefore, didn't sin. Not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to the temptation. Now, go back, please, to 1 Corinthians. Didn't have any of this in my notes tonight. But I believe it's the right way. First Corinthians 6. Let's back up a little bit. Verse 9. First Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. You know what a fornicator is? We just got through talking about that, right? So that's having sex with somebody that you're not married to. Male and female. Adulterer. You know what an adulterer is, right? That's people that are married. Having affairs with other people that's married or, or a married person having an affair with a single person. But marriage is involved nor effeminate. What is effeminate? And he goes on to say abusers of themselves with mankind. You also see that similar language in Romans. He's talking about homosexuality. He's also talking about things like cross-dressing and and, uh, being a transsexual and those kind of things. My heart goes out to people that are confused in these areas because a lot of them, have just not heard the truth. And they do have desires. In these areas. It's very real. But what have we been talking about half the evening? Just because you have a desire. That does not mean that's what you are. Right? Desires can change. You see people you know say. Well I, I'm a woman in a man's body. And it's a, it's a, it's a tormenting thing. It's wrecking their life. It's chewing them up inside and out. But th- what they don't realize is I don't have to be a slave to this desire. Maybe you do have those desires. Maybe you do have those feelings. And it's very, very real. But the power of God can change Amen. feelings Amen. and can change desires. Amen. 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 this, what living by faith and walking with God's all about. Just because you feel something don't mean you say, oh, this is it. I feel like I'm going to die, so y'all get the funeral ready. No. By stripes, I'm healed. Fight it. Resist it. Well, look at all these debts and look at this. I feel like I'm going under, so hey, I guess I'm just going. No, no. Fight it. Resist the feelings. Right? Feel like I can't serve God. Yeah, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It's what the faith life is all about. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you encounter people that are confused in these areas, don't laugh, don't judge, don't make fun. Somebody says, "Well, I I've never even had a desire, never even had a temptation that way." Exactly. Most of you didn't get that. I said "Well, I've never even been tempted." To one another person of the same sex, exactly so you you can't say, did you hear me so you know and, and sin in one area is just like sin in another it's failing to obey God it's failing to follow your heart. don't ridicule, don't laugh, don't make fun, don't judge. when people are hurting, you should care. When they're in torment you should care. And the best thing is we got the answer. Amen. We got the answer. Not just theory and philosophy. There's power in the good news. Amen. There's power in the gospel to set people free. No matter what they've been. Can God forgive a pedophile? And cleanse them? Could they still be used of God? Yes. A liar, a murderer, prostitute, homosexual, adulterer. Makes no difference. The sin, Jesus died and paid the price for all the sins, all the sins. You might think one sin's worse than another, but that's just your thinking. That's just your mentality. It's all been paid for. And if you'll believe and you'll receive, I don't care what you've done, I don't care what Terrible depths you've sunk to. If it's Satan worship. If it's witchcraft. I don't care what it is. God will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He will wash you. Hallelujah. Make you righteous and holy with his own self. And enable you to be used of him. And have a place of honor. Even if you've blasphemed him and cursed him. He'll forgive you. I said he'll forgive you. He'll forgive you and use you. Oh, thank God. Don't you love him so? Aren't you glad you know who he is and that you serve such a God? Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God. Keep reading. He said, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, No revilers, no extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. How many can see in this list? So we've been talking about how to reach your physical goals. You may think I've uh, digressed. (laughs) But if you've been a womanizer, you ought to have a physical goal to quit that. Right? If you've been a drug addict, you ought to have a physical goal to get clean. This is not only about losing a couple of pounds. Or a hundred. Can you see that in, in case after case. Fornicators. Adulterers. Idolaters. Effeminate. Thieves. drunkards These people are not in control of their flesh. Are they? Their flesh is out of control. Same God that can get, help you get in control to not be a drunkard anymore, or not be an adulterer, or whatever. Same power, same God, same principle can help you to control your eating, or your spending, or, or whatever. We should be in control yeah. of these bodies, yeah. right? Amen. He said, "Verse, skip on down to verse twenty. For you are bought with a price. Hallelujah. So glorify God where in your body." In your body. And in your spirit, which are God's. Should God be glorified in spiritual things in us? Yes. Certainly, we all know that. What about physical things? Yes. Should he be glorified? Yes. Should people look at our house and, and want to glorify God? Yes. Should they look at our clothes? Amen. Look at our body. Look at the way we conduct ourselves. The way we talk. The way we handle ourselves. The way we interact with other people and see God's goodness. In every part of our life. That was too weak. Do you believe that's the will of God? Am I reading the Bible? That God should be glorified. Not just only in our spirit. But also in our body. Should it be glorified in our finances? Yes. People see how blessed we are. Yes. Things we're able to do. Yes. Amen? Amen. Things we're able to do for other people. Should, should people be able to lift up their hand go glory to God. Because you bailed somebody out or you paid something off for somebody or you underwrote a project. And used to, you couldn't, uh, you know, bought a tank of gas to get out of town. And God's brought you to the place where you can do some substantial things. Is that the will of God? And God gets glory out of that. (laughs) That excites me. Because I, I, I sense a spark in some people's hearts when I said that you got vision in you. You're coming up. Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. That's good. That makes me happy. Our preaching has not been in vain. Hallelujah. Go with me to the ninth chapter now, please. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Who's talking here? The Holy Spirit is inspiring the Apostle Paul. Would you consider the Apostle Paul to be a spiritual man? No question. Did he have to control his body? Who who is he talking about here? Himself. He said, I do what? Another translation says it like this. He said, I discipline my body. And I bring it into subjection. Lest that when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Can you be disqualified from some things God had planned for you? By not controlling your flesh. Yes Yes, you can. And it's a sad thing. To miss out. On blessings. Just in the few years I've been in the ministry. I, I know people. Whose churches were large. And flourishing. And strong. And now. Nothing. I know people who are in the ministry and anointed and revelation and preaching and teaching. Now not in the ministry at all. No spiritual impact. Why? Not controlling their flesh. Affairs. Not controlling their desire for money. Well, is that the will of God? That that church went down to nothing? That that work dried up? That they don't have a ministry anymore? No, that wasn't the will of God. Well, then things that God had planned for them to be into and happen are not happening. Some people don't believe that, but I'm telling you, that's the way it is. Just because God has planned something for you, that doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen or that it will happen in in its entirety in your lifetime unless you make the commitment to it. Amen? And you follow Him. Now the devil doesn't want you to do the will of God. So he is going to endeavor to tempt you. I don't care if it's alcohol or if it's drugs or if it's sex or if it's money or through the lust of your eyes, your flesh, the pride of your life. He'll try to do something to get you to stumble and fall to prevent those good things from coming to pass in your life and to stop the plan that God had for you. And the thing he's able to work with is the flesh. That's the hook. That's why even a man like the Apostle Paul, who'd been caught up to the third heaven, who have seen, who saw things in God that you couldn't articulate in, in natural speech, got revelation that fills over half the New Testament. But a man like this, he said, I have got to keep this body under control. Talking about his own body. I got to keep this body under control. Lest after I preached to others how to do. I myself should wind up disqualified. Isn't that a powerful statement? From such a man as this. So there's nobody. No man or woman. No minister. No layperson That's immune from being tempted. Right? But here's the good news. We've already talked about this. Neither is there any temptation that is irresistible. Does that help you as much as it does me? You're there. Look at the 10th chapter. 10th chapter in the 13th verse. Well, verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you're able. Above that you're able to what? Able to what? Yeah. To resist. Right? Able to not yield to. To resist. Not give in to. But he will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. It's amazing how people have taken that verse and turned it into God won't put more on you than you can stand. That's not what he said. Amen. It's a wrong emphasis. Yes. Did you hear me? Yes. What did he say? He you way out of it. God will not allow a temptation to come to you that you cannot resist. Right. Amen. Right. Amen? Yeah. You're, I've had people sit on the other side of my desk before. You know, maybe they... Got into sexual immorality. And and, and I'm looking at me, young people one time, looking at me crying, going, well, Brother Keith, it was just bigger than the both of us. That's probably a song, isn't it? I mean, so if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> well, you can sing all that stuff and believe all that stuff if you want to. It will destroy your life. I said, it will destroy your life. I like this song. Ain't no temptation coming my way. What I can overcome every day. The power of God lives in me. And every victory I will see. Nothing is too big for me. If it was too big for me to handle, it wouldn't be on my doorstep. God will not allow it. People say, this is just too much. It's just too much temptation. The money's right there. It's just too much. I just got to take it. No, you don't. That's a lie. There is no temptation. But what's common to man. The other translation that we had mentioned, let me read it to you. The Living Bible. He said, remember this. The wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different. Many others have faced exactly the same problems before you. And no temptation is irresistible. Amen. I believe that. Amen. There's no temptations going to come to you that you cannot resist. That is just too big. And too overwhelming. You just got caught up in it. Next thing you knew. You had fallen. It was just too big. That's a lie. I said that's a lie. That's a lie. Now some things pull on you so strong. That you got to pull a Joseph. What'd Joseph do? <laughs> huh? Potter's, Potiphar's wife. Why are we talking about all this so much tonight? Man this is. This must be it. Don't, don't Potiphar's wife is looking good. <laughs> Smells good. She's not properly dressed. And she says, Joseph, I need you to come in here in the bedroom and check on, check on this, you know, work on this and, and check on. He says, uh uh-uh. uh. She says, don't you like me? He goes, you're, you're fine. I shouldn't have said fine. <laughs> now, how old is Joseph? Young man? Huh? What would he be? Twenty years old, maybe? Hormones? I've been a twenty year old to fifteen year old. I'm testosterone? He's not married. He doesn't have a wife. She's looking good. She said, well, don't you like me? He said, Yeah, yeah. Well, well, come in here. Sit down on the bed. Let's talk. Now, here's, here's where it's made or broken. You can't trust your flesh. Me or you, you can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it. You got to be honest with yourself about what's going on. Right? right? Well, I'm a man of God and I can handle this and famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> Come sit down here and let's talk. No, I guess time when it ain't time to talk. That's right. Talking time is past. Yeah. What's the time to do? She got she got a hold of his coat and come Oh baby, I I like you so next thing you know, what's happening? His coat. <laughs> and I mean he ran out of his coat, didn't look back, out of the door, out of the house. That's what he should have done. Amen. Right? Yes. That's what he should've it comes time when it is not time to talk. It is time to run. Yeah. Everybody say run. run. Do you know how to run? Yes. Can you be honest enough with yourself and with your flesh? Yeah. Yep. I know a, a lady who is a powerful minister. She came out of the nightclub life. Came out of stuff that they were doing in Vegas and everything. God saved her. Gave her a ministry. When then after some years she thought she could go back into that place and ministers to some people she knew was still there. And so, you know, she's in the casino. And she's trying to talk to them about some things. She said she looked down and realized she's running her finger around the rim of a margarita, oh. like she used to tasting the salt. And she realized she had to get up and get out of there right. Now, she probably shouldn't have been in there to start with. She she jumped up and she ran out of it. Ran. Everybody say run. 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 It gets a time where it's not time to talk. It's time to run. Now, this applies at this level. It also applies to Twinkies. If you've not been able to resist a Twinkie if somebody whips out a Twinkie, you got to be honest enough with yourself to know, I can't stand around and talk about the Twinkie. If I talk about the Twinkie, I'm going to eat a Twinkie. Next thing I know, I'll eat a box of Twinkies. Do you know your flesh well enough? Or are you honest enough with yourself to know, I got to get out of here. People say, come on, we're going to the big buffet. You're going, I can't go to the buffet now. Maybe sometime, but not today. I can't go to the buffet. See, pride and people kidding themselves is what keeps folks defeated in this area because they like to think, well, I I can handle it. I can... I can, I can. Yeah, you sound like you can handle it. I can. You better stay home, boy. All the girlfriends are going shopping. You and your husband about had a divorce already. Got every credit card maxed. Well, I'm just going to go and look. I'm just You better stay home. Clean house or something. Go jogging. Hmm? See you got to to know. Where your area is. That you have given in. And given in and been weak. And yes you can get yourself built up. But in the meantime. Have enough understanding to know. "I, I can't go there. I've talked to guys who are alcoholics for years. God delivered them. And they were honest enough to come and say, you know, man, I've been, I've been dreaming about drinking and there's this liquor store that I pass every day going home. And man, I start thinking about it time I'm out of the parking lot. I told him, I said, don't drive by it. They said, well, it's right on the way home. I said, can you get home another way? Yeah, but it's three miles. I said, fine. Don't drive by that store. Well, well, no, no wells about it. Don't nothing to think about. Don't drive by the store. Yeah. How many understand this now? Yeah. Something's pulling on you. Yeah. There's an X-rated movie theater there. You used to go in there. You used to watch that stuff, and it's pulling on you. Don't do anything that reminds you of it. Don't do anything that puts you in unnecessary proximity to it. Now, this is not just a, a thought I'm giving you. This is the Bible. Yeah. Do you remember? The wise man in Proverbs telling his sons about the wayward woman. And what did he tell them? Don't go near the door of her house. Don't go down that street. Don't go in that part of town. Right? That's what the Bible teaches. People say, well, I just want to drive down and see what it's like there. Why? Why? See, people are being dishonest. It's their flesh that wants to go down there. Yeah. It's their, the lust of their eyes that wants to check that out. And they try to make it spiritual. Well, I'm just want to see how to pray about this. I just want to see. There's people read books on witchcraft. And, and other junk. Because, well, I just want to see how to pray. No, you got no business. No business reading that stuff. Did you hear me? You got no business doing it. Puts thoughts in your mind. Puts things in you you should never have to deal with. How many realize there's some things you'd have been so much better off if you had never seen? If you had never heard them. Because it's come back to your mind a thousand times and you've had to cast it down. What if you'd never seen it? You'd have never had to deal with it. Never even had to think about it. Well, whether it's avoiding adultery or losing those five pounds... It's easier to pass the grocery store than the cookie aisle. It's easier to pass the cookie aisle than it is your cabinet. Here's to what I'm saying. I've seen some, some wonderful situations where people did what we're talking about they ran, they were honest with themselves, and they were spared untold problems. I've seen some sad cases where people didn't. I had a man in healing school years ago who was a very successful attorney. And uh, he was well known. I mean, his law firm was well known. Looked like success in every respect. Beautiful wife and children. Very wealthy. And uh, he became uh, an alcoholic. An alcoholic. And he drank socially and drank socially and then he's drinking at home and then he got to the place where he's getting up in the morning drinking and carrying liquor with him and it got to the point where it destroyed him. It destroyed his marriage. It destroyed his relationship with his children. It ruined his practice and he is, he's almost abject and destroyed. He came to the ministry where I was at as a last resort. A broken man. And uh, he stayed with us, I think, a week. And I remember it was outstanding to me. At the end of the week, he was very attentive and, and very receptive. I laid hands on him. Laid hands on his head. And we prayed over him. He told me later, he said it was so real to him. He said it felt like something, a band broke from off of him. He could feel it. And that terrible, gnawing, tormenting, craving for alcohol was gone. He told me. And and I knew it. I knew it in my heart. I knew, man, deliverance was here. But I also had something else come up in my heart. And I don't usually do this, but the Lord tells me to. I'll do it. I took his, his face in my hands. And I fixed his face towards mine. I said, look at me. I said, hear these words well. I said, do you remember what Joseph did when he was tempted with Potiphar's wife? He said, yeah. I said, what did he do? He said, he ran. I said, say it out loud. What did he do? He said, he ran. He got up and ran away. I said, if you're tempted about liquor, you must run. Yeah. Don't put yourself in a place where you're tempted with this again. I said, because, you know, you yielded to this. and you, I mean, he'd, he'd go get drunk and pass out, not know where he was, have blackouts. Not know where where he was or what he did for days. And see, his life had been spared and spared and spared by the mercy of God. I said, but now you are delivered. And now you know. I said, don't do this again. One more time might be all it takes for the devil to take you out. Are you listening to me now? This is so important. See, the Lord is merciful. And sometimes people think, well, they got away with it. They lied, they stole, they had unprotected sex with 500 people, you know, and they didn't contract a disease and, and didn't seem like it, you know, and just didn't kill them. Listen, all it takes is one more time. One more time, and so many times when you've been delivered and the devil knows that, that's all he needs, cause you know too much now. If he, if he can get one more time with you, that could be the time he takes you out. Are you listening? And I had that in my heart about this man. I looked at him. Because God's doing an amazing thing for him this day. He said he felt it. And, and he, it just came out of him. And he had this desire no longer. I said, listen now. Don't put yourself and subject yourself to unnecessary temptation. And if something comes up, run. I don't care. Forget pride. Get up and run. Run. I mean, I made, it, I made him repeat it to me. I was very forceful with him. I made him repeat it to me like three times. I didn't know why the Lord came on me like that about it. But I did. And he, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I said, what do you do? He said, I run. I said, run. Well, we shouted. I mean, he's delivered. He went. He was excited. He went and did mission work. Hallelujah. He was free. He got, it, he got it worked out with his wife. They got back together. He got it worked out with his children. They were doing good. His partners in law even decided to take him back. He began to build back up, and a couple of years later, he's having a luncheon with some clients. They're all drinking socially. He's sitting there looking at that drink. I understand he's already messed up at this point. He shouldn't. He shouldn't even be sitting there looking at that drink. But it's still not too late. Looking at that drink. Looking at that drink. Next thing you know. He reasons with himself. He's been delivered. He can handle it now. He can handle it now. So he just took one. One little. Little really small. Just like almost a taste. Four days later they found him in an alley. He had, had a massive stroke he's in a wheelchair, unable to speak or move. You see now why the Lord dealt with me so strongly to impress upon him to run all the devil needed was that one more time one more time friends. This is so serious. I I know it's a sobering thing for me to tell you something like this. But this is this is reality. And if a man like the Apostle Paul, who knew about righteousness, knew about authority, knew about walking with God. If he said, I have got to discipline my body every day. I got to keep this thing under control. Elsewise, even after I've done so much preaching to other people, I myself could wind up disqualified. We got to control this thing. Amen. Amen. Or elsewise. Through it the enemy. Will wreak havoc in our life. Destroy us. Destroy our, our loved ones. Said out loud. This is my body. This is my body. It, does not run me. it does not run me. My desires. My desires do, not me. do not control me. I keep. I keep this body. This body under, control. under control. I discipline it. I, discipline it. I keep it. In subjection subjection. under my spirit spirit. amen Amen. do you that means you eat when you decide to eat you don't when you decide not to you eat what you decide to eat and you don't eat what you you don't look and go oh that just looks so good I can't control myself don't even joke about something like that if you want to eat it eat it but do it because you decided to did you hear me but don't play these games about, well, you know, it's just, it's just so good. There's no food so good you can't resist. There's no man or woman so good looking you can't resist. There's no amount of money so big you can't resist. There is no temptation. Irresistible. Because you got a God on the inside of you who's bigger than any temptation. Bigger than any devil. He's the greater one, remember? He's the greater one. He's more than enough to empower you, to enable you so that you're strong. And you can say no, and not just say no today, but you can say no a thousand times if it takes it. And tomorrow say no. But have some understanding to realize when you're being pulled, you don't play with it. What do you do if the pressure gets great enough? What do you do? What do you do? People say, what's wrong with him? Look at that idiot. Just jumped and ran. We're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, but you're free. Huh? You go home and lay your head down and you didn't do it. Did you hear me? Let them think what they want to. You're free. Most important thing is what your Lord thinks. And what he knows. Let them think. If they're involved in something that was tempting you, they shouldn't have been in it either. In most cases. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look in the first John, I think I'll close with this. I'll introduce this to you. This was supposed to be my first point. <laughs> and then uh, you plan on being back next week? Good. Good. That's my plan too. First, John. And the third chapter. One of the biggest reasons that we are talking to you about these things, teaching you, I believe it's at the direction of the Lord, is because of what this passage reveals. This is about a a lot more than gaining a few pounds of muscle or or losing some pounds of fat. or uh, This is much bigger than this. But these areas matter more than people think. Read this and you'll see what I'm talking about. 1 John 3 and verse 19. 1 John 3, 19. He said, Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Verse 20. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. If your heart is bothering you about something, does God already know it? Certainly he does. Should you run from him? I said, should you run from him? Try to hide it? He already knows it, right? If your heart's bothering you about something, it's foolish, To try to run away from it. And hide it from God. I mean he he already knows it. Go to him. Right? Your heart's bothering you about something. Go to him. Go to him. And. uh, He said for if our heart condemn us. God's greater than our heart. And he knows all things. Beloved if our heart. Condemn us not. Then. Have we confidence. Toward God. That sounds like faith, doesn't it? That is faith. That's faith. How can you have faith? When your heart doesn't condemn you. Your heart's not bothering you. Then you have confidence toward God. And what happens next? And? And what? Whatever we ask, we receive of Him. Man, that covers a lot of ground. Whatever. Whatever you ask financially and materially, whatever you ask physically, whatever you ask in relationships and anointing and ministry, whatever you ask, you receive. Why? Why? Because you keep us, you're doing what he tells you to do. Amen? And because you're doing what he tells you to do, you're following your heart, you're walking in the light that he gives you, your heart is not condemning you. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but I'll just kind of give you a preview of coming attractions, <laughs> coming messages. I had a fella come to me one time. He said, "Mother Key, he said, I, I drink a lot of coffee. Now, he was in healing school, stomach problems. <laughs> I said, how much coffee are you talking about? He said, well, you know, I drink three or four pots a day. At least. He said, and, and I feel like it's hurting me. Smart. <laughs> Do you think I ought to quit? Or? <laughs> now, I know that sounds funny, but people are operating in this every day. Yeah. And if you look close enough, you probably see your picture in there somewhere That's right. That's on right. something. That's right. What would you tell a man? Huh? What would you tell him? Yeah, it's a sin to drink coffee. No. You ought not drink any and go tell everybody else not to drink any either. Huh? No. No, because no? there's probably a lot of people that's drinking moderate amounts of coffee and it's not hurting them and they enjoy it and that's their business. But what, notice, what's the big thing that should tell you something? What did he say? <laughs> I believe it's hurting me. He what? He believes it's hurting him. But what's he doing? He's drinking gallons of coffee anyway. Well, if he believes this is hurting him and he's drinking the coffee anyway, what condition is his heart in? Is it condemning him? Is his heart condemning him when he drinks coffee? Why? Because he believes this is hurting him. So he, if he believes it's hurting him, he can't do it without his own heart condemning him. If its heart is condemning him, does he have confidence to believe God for things? No, he does not. So do you see what a big issue this is? Anything you allow in your life that you know better, you know you should change it. You know you should do differently, but you, you rationalize and go, well, you know, everybody has their areas that they... That they work on. And you know I guess nobody's perfect you know. And 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 you rationalize. You reason. And you go on day after day. Doing stuff that you know you, you don't feel good about doing it. Or not doing things that you feel like you should be doing. That existent condition of heart condemnation. Kills your faith. Yeah. It is a faith killer. Did you hear me? Because it's only when your heart is not condemning you that then you have confidence toward God. And then whatever you ask, you receive. Why? Because you're confident that you're doing what he told you to do. Nothing's bothering you. Your confidence is there. Your faith is there. So that's the bigger issue and the bigger picture of what all this is about. It's not just about a few pounds here or there. It's about your heart being clear. Hey, my heart being clear. We're doing what we should be doing. Amen. Amen. He checks you. Don't eat such and such. Don't get on a a stump and preach to everybody about it. Just do what he told you to do. (laughs) Right? Don't preach diet. Preach the word. Amen. 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 We're going to talk about diet here after a while. But it may not be what you think. Because it's a part of this. But do you see the big part? Keeping your heart clear amen but i feel like that hurts me well then leave it off at least for a while right or cut it back or something until you get to the place where your heart's not bothering you about it you feel good about it and the holy ghost knows your body he knows your metabolism he knows your system inside and out he knows what works for you and what doesn't work for you how many know he believe he knows exactly how to get you at the best place for yourself. Amen. And how to reach the ultimate for you physically. He knows. I said He knows if we'll follow. How many will follow? Stand up on your feet, why don't you? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.